Hi, welcome to Wandering Into the Woods, a podcast brought to you by the creators of Adventures with BG. I'm Linda. And this is Jarrett. And today we're going to take you back to 2019, a time when we could all travel freely and had no restrictions on where we went as Americans. Um, and in actually in July of 2019, or was it June, Jared? Do you recall? Was it June or July? July, yeah. right? Wait, July. It was early July. Was it? Yes. Hmm. July of 2019, Jared and I uh, celebrated an accomplishments of an accomplishment of Jared's by going out to Peru again, which we had promised ourselves we would do um, on our honeymoon uh, a couple years back before that. So we went back to Peru and on our second day there, decided that we were going to go to Mount Vinicunca, popularly referred to as Rainbow Mountain. It's just one of the many, I guess, Rainbow Mountains now, but it's like the original. Right. That's very, thank you for pointing that out. And it has an elevation of 5,200 meters or 17,100 feet. And for those of you thinking on embarking on this trip, and for reasons I will disclose later in the century, I highly recommend you make this trip until you've had a few days to acclimate to the altitude. That is not what we did, FYI. Uh, we did this on our second day there. No, it was plenty of time to acclimate. <laughs> anyway, um, do you want to talk about the preparation, Jared, or should I? do you want me to go ahead and dive into that? Okay, so, I mean, as mentioned above, it's on our second day, and... Jared and I really had minimal preparation to go um, on Rainbow Mountain. You were on um, anti-altitude sickness drugs. What more do you need? You were like on the best one there is. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yes, I, I had I had foreseen this, but I wasn't take I didn't take them that day. Remember, because I was planning on taking that for our next trip, which or our next hiking. I thought voyage. you had. I thought we'd both taken them. No, not for this one. Um, we had. I hadn't taken them. I. I was very naive as to the altitude of Rainbow Mountain, so that's one of the other things. If you go to your doctor ahead of time and you tell them you're going to be traveling and you're otherwise healthy, your doctor may give you medicines for altitude sickness. Um, and I had done that, but I naively thought that I would need them more for our Sagantai trek, which we will talk about later. Um, and I didn't foresee uh, Mount Vinicunca being so, as high or higher than that place. Yeah, it's so, way higher. Yeah, so I didn't take them, um, which was uh, really dumb of me. If you can prepare ahead of your trip and get those altitude sickness medications, I I recommend you do that. Um, so we did minimal preparation. I think it was the week of we had decided that we were going to do this. We were going to try Mount Vinicunca. Um, didn't you do it like... I don't know, like the day before or something. So, yeah, so I remember being decided? so I remember being at the airport, um, arriving. I think we were we were in Peru. It was Friday night. We arrived right Friday night. We arrived in Lima. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we spent, arrived in Lima. I don't. Yeah, because we spent the, the we spent the night yeah. at the airport in Lima. Yeah, why didn't you go to Cusco? Yeah, and so we were um, as we were there as we arrived. I remember getting texts from Jeff, who is the um, owner of the company. Visit South America, and he was texting me via WhatsApp. Um, the Lima Airport does have Wi-Fi for you to connect, and so as soon as I connected, I was getting these messages. And he was trying to make sure that uh, we were prepared, and, and you know he knew where to pick us up uh, in two days, etc. Um, so that was really nice to know that he was already looking out for us and that he was making sure that we planned everything well. Um, why did we choose visit South America? Well, we, first of all, um, 
easy planning. I booked them through TripAdvisor. Um, and like Jarrett said, it was like a day or two before we left on our trip. Um, and then second, they have one of the, they, they offer you the chance to be the first ones to arrive and, at Rainbow Mountain and the Red Valley. They did. Is that still a thing? I don't know. Yeah, they still do. Okay. Yeah. Um, but now that the wake up is even earlier. Hmm. Um, so. And we can talk about it later, but there are also drawbacks to being the first one out there. Right, right. And, and we can talk about this when we get into how actually getting there. Um, but what did we wear or use? Uh, you and I knew we would be freezing because of the altitude and the Peruvian winter. Um, remember, in South America, they have opposite, or the Southern Hemisphere in general, they yeah, have opposite seasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's it's winter time while it's summer here. Um, so we made sure to dress lightly in layers, yet warmly. Um, we have, a, and Jared has been very wise in investing in some quality materials that allow us to uh, have like basically our, our sweat to be wicked and us not to carry as much weight as possible um, as we're hiking and yet we can stay warm. Um, so yeah, it means layers and um, moisture wicking, cl- wicking clothes and make sure to wear good quality gloves. We had beanies on our heads and we made sure to wear a good pair of socks and our hiking shoes to keep our feet warm, dry and non-slippery on our hike. We didn't need hiking sticks for this one, but we did make good use of our headlamps. No, I don't think we used any light at all. I used my headlamp. Did you? Yeah. No, I didn't use mine. Because I remember thinking, oh my God, it's so dark in here. Let me turn this on. Mm. And then thinking, I don't know that I want to see. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> and, and we'll talk about this in a bit. Um, what did South, Visit South America supply for this trek? Well, they thought of everything that we they knew travelers like us might not think of. When they picked us up at 3 a.m. in Cusco, keep in mind, now the wake-up pickup is at 2 a.m. Jeez. Yeah. So they picked us up at 3 a.m. in Cusco. They had uh, blankets, warm mate, coffee, and coca leaf waiting for us in the car. We stopped by to pick up some freshly made breakfast sandwiches, and Jared and I didn't have to worry about admission or parking fees. Visit South America took care of all that and also made sure to take an oxygen tank, a first aid kit, and an oil to help with altitude sickness. It's like a perfume. I wouldn't call it just an oil. It, Yeah. I, I'm not really sure how to describe it. Yeah. Other than a It's a of mix oils. of stuff, but it's like tea tree oil or eucalyptus. It's aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. With nothing else to worry about, Jared and I slept under the warm blankets throughout most of the 2.5 hour nap because it was really cold. Yeah. We were in a car, so it wasn't that bad. Um, so, you know, we slept through most of the trip there. And when we arrived at the base of the Rainbow Mountain, I have to admit, I was awestricken. Like the, the that's the term. Are you that talking came about the me. parking lot? Yeah. Just the parking, like being there in the parking lot, like getting big, a big, empty, open in darkness. There was nothing to see. Oh no, I could see the, the snow because that's what made it, that's what made it even more terrifying. No, the, you couldn't see that until a little bit later. Mm, I disagree. I remember arriving and seeing a lot of like snow and the darkness made the mountain seem even bigger to me because mm. I only saw outlines and not like the, you know, like the, the, the mountains going up. I, I don't know how to describe it, but they just seemed huge to me. Okay. And like I said, this is just me, you know, being somebody from South Texas. I'm from Brownsville where some of the uh, land is even below sea level. So... I'm not used to mountains, and much less snow-capped mountains. Mm. Um, so it was it was awesome yet terrifying. And then you know, like I said, the darkness just didn't help, and it was cold. 
Um, it felt dark, desolate, and it was super quiet. You only had a few humble structures housing the locals. And maybe my mistake at that point was being so overwhelmed. Hmm. Um, but we kept going with our guide, Jeff, who was very encouraging. And you were very encouraging too, Jared. Well, there definitely wasn't anyone there. It was like us in the parking lot. Yeah. It was. It felt a little, little scary. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't scared. I, like I said, it was real dark when we got there. You couldn't see anything. I was like, where are we? It was just a big open gravel lot. Hmm. So... Um, from what I've read on recent interviews for Visit South America, at this point, they now offer you the chance to decide whether you want to ride a horse or a donkey up that mountain. Um, you will need to pay for the service separately because the families providing these services work independently from Visit South America. At the time, though, Jared and I didn't have this option, or I don't remember if we just didn't arrange it. No, we were, we were, I mean, anyone can get it. We uh-huh. were just there before all of the locals were out with their horses and mules. Yeah, but now if you go to their website for this first one, yeah. that you can prearrange to have donkeys pick you okay. up. Yeah, but when we did it, it wasn't an option. Yeah. And we were just too early. So let's talk about our hike up there, Jarrett. Okay. Um, I have that, you know. I rem- it's a short hike. I yeah. I will start with that. It's like a mile tops or something. It felt so much longer to me, though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not only like a mile and there's not very much elevation gain. You gain almost all of it at the very end. Mm-hmm. It's a gradual uphill. I don't remember the exact numbers, but you get like 500 of it in the last quarter or half a mile mm-hmm. when you actually go up to the Overlook for Rainbow uh, Mountain or the actual like peak there, the lookout point, I think is what they call it. Yeah. And there were, um, we encountered friendly stray dogs. They were like our cheerleaders, encouraging us not to feel so intimidated. They were like, hey, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay, you can do this. I do this all day long. Yep. Um, it also snowed while we were yeah. out there. Yeah, it was it was snowing, and the light was coming up, which made it a lot less scary yeah. as we were going up. Um, the path itself was pretty smooth, um, even with the snow in the dark, so it wasn't even like slippery. I don't remember it being slippery or no, anything. It's a pretty easy trail. Smooth. There may have been like a couple of like squishy parts, but it's well maintra- maintained, or there are enough people walking to keep it beaten down. Yeah, and so it's the trail in it of itself seems pretty relatively easy. It's just the altitude that that might get to you, yeah, um, or the mind games that the mountains play on you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and like halfway, uh, mm-hmm. they have a little restroom area. They usually have someone out there that you tip to, mm-hmm. to use them. But since we were the first ones out there, no one, yeah, no one was there to stop me from using them. <laughs> so I use those halfway out. Yeah, and. So we keep going, but at some point I had to, I just had to stop hiking up the trail. Um, I remember feeling dizzy and uncoordinated, and I remember you, Jared, thinking it was all in my head. Mm-hmm. But fortunately for us, Jeff knew better and pointed out that my lips were blue. Um, and then you both tried asking me. I think you asked me to walk backwards. I couldn't. I remember not being able to think like. How can I walk backwards? I couldn't think. I couldn't even process that. Um, fortunately, Jeff had an oxygen tank, and we ran into a guy friend of his who also helped uh, with the oil. And actually, it was that friend that had brought the oil. Um, no, Jeff had some too. Okay, so I just remember like the friend helped. Yeah, he had some as well, but I think it's just when we did another round of it. Yeah, and so, but I didn't want you to miss out on this opportunity. And mm-hmm. Jeff, I could tell, felt torn about leaving me there. Yeah. So I told you guys to go on ahead, even though Jeff felt really uneasy about it. 
But right, you know, right before you guys left, I saw, or maybe as you guys were leaving, I saw a, a woman coming down with the donkey. Yeah. And I said, hey, you know, I, I, fortunately, I had the foresight to take some some uh, Peruvian solace with me. And I, I don't remember how, how much it was, but I it was- I want to say it was somewhere between 20 and 50. Yeah. Um, so I paid her, uh, paid her the solace, and I was able to ride the donkey down as you guys continued up. No, you went up. You rode the donkey up first. Oh, okay. Why? Um, I don't remember this. Yeah. Jeff ended up getting one of the ladies, mm-hmm. and you went up to like that steep part. Okay. So I don't know how I did that, but I, I ended, got on a donkey. But I ended up coming down. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, because the donkey doesn't go. You're right. The donkey mm-hmm. doesn't. So the donkey will go up, and the donkeys and the horses only go up to a certain point. Yeah. They won't take steep you to point. the. Yeah. They that won't. 500, like that 500 feet elevation or 500 meter elevation game, and like. A quarter yeah. of a mile. They only take you to the base of that. Okay, so maybe I'm just—I was just too had too much altitude sickness yeah. to remember all of that. No, I started going, but you and Jeff got a donkey. Okay, and then caught up, and then at the base we messed around for a while too. Okay, so tell us about that, Jared. That's pretty much it. What do you like? Tell us what did it feel like being up there? Oh, no, I, I'm, you know, we didn't, I haven't even gotten there yet. Okay, so tell You're us still what, at the base. Walk us through, because I'm just going to tell you about you know my experience going downhill. Yeah. <laughs> And it's that point where you and him messed around for a while. Okay. And then I went up and you didn't leave till I came back down. Remember? Because Jeff ended up giving me the Fire Valley ticket afterwards. Maybe. I I don't remember a lot of this. Yeah. So you didn't actually start your trek back down until after I came back down from like the lookout point. Oh, wow. Okay. So I mean, I went up. I was like one of the first people up and Uh I was moving pretty quick. Yeah. Just because, you know, you were acting all weird. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to go up and, and be as quick as I could. So I got up to the lookout point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the issue with going so early is it doesn't, I mean, Peru, it may be in winter, but for the large a large part of it is still hot, especially during the day. Mm-hmm. And the sun is really intense there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the snow melts away quickly once the sun comes up. Yeah. But we were there early and it just snowed. So most of Rainbow Mountain was still colored. And, you know, we've got some pictures on Instagram, but it's definitely muted compared to some of the other ones you see mm-hmm. later in the day. Um, so I snagged a few pictures, uh, looked around. It's like this little platform with a wall. It's like concrete under you or wood. I don't know. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But you're on like a little platform. It's just like a little room with a half wall. And then you can take the trail up to the, the lookout point or whatever the high peak is right there where they have this sign. So it's like, well, I best... Guess I better go up there as well. So I went pretty quick up up that. Um, I got to the top. I was moving real quick, like almost running. Yeah, yeah. And looked around. I mean, it's an amazing view. I think the view up there is more impressive than just like Rainbow Mountain itself. I mean, it's the first time I've ever been to 17,000 feet short right. of an airplane. So it was definitely a cool experience. I want to say the sign actually says that it's lower, but I don't know which is actually accurate. Like, okay. I assume what people claim on the internet, they've you know used technology to measure it, but I want to say that the sign up there says it's actually lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I looked around on the way down. The uh, guide that had helped you with the oxygen for a little while was actually mm-hmm. taking his group up at that point, and he was like, "Hey, do you just want me to get some pictures of you?" That was, was like, nice of him. Yeah, I was like, yeah, "Sure, that'd be nice." So he took a couple of pictures of me with like Rainbow Mountain behind me and stuff. He may have seen me like attempting to do one by myself. I don't remember. Yeah. But I want to say, you know, he he offered and it was real nice. Yeah. Um, so then I, I hustled back down. And at that point, 
Maybe I got like a text from Jeff or something. I hope you tipped him. I'm looking back, by the way. That guy? Yeah. I, what would I have tipped him with or how? Oh, God. Yeah. So if you're going, make sure you take some change for stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't remember if I got like a text from Jeff or something, but I came down and found mm-hmm. y'all again. And then he gay was like, okay, we're going to head down. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe it was just him. Maybe you'd already gone. I don't remember. I like, was fully. I was separate from you guys. I, I do I mean, obviously, I don't remember much from when yeah. I was sick, but I do remember arriving back and I was by myself because I remember looking for the driver okay. and, and not being able to find the driver right away. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just sit here <laughs> until I see the guys or something. Okay. And uh, But I saw you guys coming. As I saw you guys coming, I actually saw the driver too. Well, it wasn't me. Yeah. Well, I don't he remember would, who I saw. He showed up before. Yeah. So that's when he gave me the ticket. And mm-hmm. he was like, you already left, but I'm going to go catch up with her. Okay. He's like, just do this thing. He's like, go left. Don't go right when you get to the fork. And I mean, this trail is not, when I started on my way, it was not like the trail to Rainbow Mountain. It's way less used. Uh-huh. And there's multiple trails that kind of split off. So it's hard to know which one's the actual trail. So I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah. But so I did it. I actually ran in a couple of sections just to be quick about it. Uh-huh. Um, at some point, uh, I mean, you kind of go through down through a saddle if you're familiar with the the terms of maps and things. It's just a low point between okay. like two peaks. So you go down like in a saddle and you come back up to another like mountain ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, you come across a, a like a little wall. Uh, right before I got to that wall, I ran into what I assume he's some sort of park services guy that took the tickets. Uh huh. And I had it um, and. You know, I gave it to him and he did whatever. And I was trying to figure out, like, what exactly is this trail? How long is it? Right. So we had a little, I don't know, a terrible conversation with us both trying to figure it out. I don't know that I ever got a good answer. Um, so, you know, I just kind of went on my way. As you get up uh, to the ridge as well, there was quite a few. I think they're falcons that were flying around. You could see them, like, hanging out on some of the ledges. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over that little, that crest and, and wall, is the actual Fire Valley. It was also snow covered, but there's like some, it's just like very bright brick red right. uh, color everywhere. So I've seen some of the pictures in summer mm-hmm. or the hotter months. It's very bright and red and it had green then, but there was no green when I was out there. Okay. And so I just kind of walked until like the trail kind of ended, which wasn't much further after that guy, maybe half a mile tops. Mm-hmm. And just explored, took a couple of, you know, pictures of myself and the surrounding area. There was no one else out there. Everyone was just going to Rainbow Mountain, which I think is a huge mistake. It's not that much further to go to the Fire Valley, and it's definitely worth it. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, it doesn't have as many colors, but it's, I think it's even brighter than Rainbow Mountain itself is. It's crazy. I wish I had seen it. Yeah. And then after that, um, I just hustled back. It was getting out of Fire Valley back onto the Rainbow Mountain Trail. That was pretty easy. I mean, other than it being high altitude and you're, it's, you know, got no oxygen. But once I got back onto the Rainbow Valley Trail, I mean, it was packed with people and horses. So. Yeah, it took little time for it to get packed. Yeah. Um, so that was, I don't know, it made it a little more challenging, like trying to hustle down to see if you're okay and to avoid all the other fellow tourists because some of them, you know, were paying less attention and were stopping. Right. And they were walking in their huge groups of people. So sometimes they'd be very large groups and you couldn't pass them because they'd be going next to each other. Yeah, and that's the other awesome thing about Visit South America. It was just you and me, right? Yeah, I think he, I think the normal groups were supposed to be like eight to ten or something. But, okay. I mean, we just happened to be the first one. Oh, so one. we were lucky, yeah. Yeah, we just got lucky that it turned out that way. Oh, that's right, because Jeff also told us that there were t- there was another group, right? Yeah. Okay. 
And I guess because we had done it, he was like, oh, well, I'll, we'll take this other group today. But no one else signed on to it. Yeah. So that's why it was just us. It wasn't private intentionally. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so then I made it down. And the driver was no longer wherever the driver had originally been. Mm-hmm. And there were tons of other vehicles to include, like, buses. Right. Uh, so I just, like, walked up and down. And then I don't remember who saw me, if it was you or Jeff, but... I don't remember either. One of y'all got my attention. And that's how I found y'all. Yeah, so we all found each other eventually. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that hard. It is a small space, so I think we all would have found each other eventually anyway. I mean, it's not small, but it's... It felt small. The parking lot? Yeah. I mean, there was like at least 200 cars and That's buses true. in there, so I wouldn't say it's that small. Okay. So, um, yeah, and after that, we started on our way down, um, and we treated ourselves to some hot beverages, and we asked Jeff if he had any places, if he knew of any places along the way that he would rec- recommend for us to stop at for lunch. I thought he asked. Or maybe he did. Yeah, I think if he we, asked if we wanted it. Yeah. Or- well, regardless, like we we decided as a group that we'd stop for lunch. Yeah, and we stopped at a location too. And I don't remember the name. It seems to be a house, right? Just like yeah, a house. it was just like a house. I, it mm-hmm. may have had like one of the random. If you've ever been, like they just have like a small sign that they kind of kick out mm-hmm. an a a sign with stuff on the on the side that lets you know that they are an eatery. Yeah, but it was essentially just a house. I mean, you're not you only go to the kitchen or the front area, yeah. and the rest of the house is in the back. So, but yeah, it was just essentially a house. Right. And we had some delicious soup and fish. Um, and it was great. I just remember it being really good. Yeah, um, I was definitely hungry. Yeah. And we, not, and Jeff and our driver, whose name I, unfortunately I can't recall. I don't remember. But they were great conversationalists as well. They're very well traveled, really nice people. Yeah. Um, and so they made great company for lunch as well. And so for the rest of the trip, we talked about music and other South American countries to visit. And by the time we got home, you and I were definitely ready for a nap. Yeah. And overall impressions, Jared, what were your overall impressions? I mean, if you can get out there before everyone else, I think it's great. I think it's even better than the view of the colors that you could get. So I would definitely recommend going before the crowd because fighting through the crowd is not my idea of a good time. Right. I agree. Probably, maybe, though, it's better to go in the summer than the wintertime. I don't know. It may be too hot. It's true. With the sun bearing down on you. Yeah, but just go when there's, if you can find out when there's less crowds, that's what I'd recommend. That definitely makes it more enjoyable. And if you want, there's actually that little room that I talked about with the viewing platform. You can actually just go down. And so apparently there is a long way where you can actually do it like a day-long hike. I don't remember if oh, you remember wow. him talking about yeah, that. I remember that. him mentioning that, yes. Yeah, like an eight-hour, a four-hour or an eight-hour hike all the way up, which also sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, it might be fun. I, I don't know that yeah. I would describe it as amazing. I mean, but it might have helped me acclimate, for example, better possibly. too. Um, so. And Fire Valley is definitely definitely worth going to. So don't, don't skip that part. And I, and I really... Uh, even I love this experience. I don't regret going, even with the altitude sickness. Uh, it was still, I have no regrets. It's still the most awesome sight I've seen. And we got to see the rest of Peru. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I still remember like my shock at seeing everything out there. So I really recommend it, guys. Um, and uh, kind of going off of that, Jared, I want to ask you, do, do you want to know what the haters are saying? Oh, I do. Okay. So... One of the uh, bad reviews or the 
one-star reviews on Google is, uh, quote-unquote, poor staff attention. I want to ask, which staff? Because it's like you choose your own tour groups. I know. That, anyway. that one random old guy that I ran into that took my Fire, Ma- Fire Valley ticket. Yeah. That must be what she's talking about because I think that's like the only only guy that belongs to that park. Yeah, but it's like that. that's probably their job just to take the tickets and not be your like, no, private tour guy. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. That's, that's the staff member because everyone else is just someone who lives there and works as an independent contractor yeah. or it's the tour guy that you pick. So And, and Peru, just FYI, it, it is relatively inexpensive compared to other countries, but people are still working and you can't yeah. expect them to work for free. Is there any more? Does she describe what oh, the staff they, did? No, they, they didn't describe it. Um, another one said, uh, horrible uh, horrible difference between expectation and reality. The mountain was literally black and white. Sounds like they went probably in the morning, like really early in the morning. I don't know. Uh, the hike up was terrible. The hike down was also horrible. Freezing temperatures and muddy, snowy ground. Actually quite dangerous. Check the season you're going in. Make sure you're prepared if you're planning to go. Bring lots of warm and waterproof clothes. Huh. I don't know. These maybe. all seem like givens. It's wintertime high up in the mountains. Maybe they <laughs> went in the rainy season. Maybe. And that's what their issue is. Yeah. So it's definitely like do your homework. Yeah. Uh, look up the seasons. And to be fair, also, the wintertime in Peru is the dry season. So. Yeah. And I guess trade secret is, I mean, there are colors in the mountain. It may be hard for you to see them based on the light, but everyone edits those, and that really makes them pop. So if your expectation is going to see exactly like the picture I posted on Instagram or someone else, right? that's not going to be like the full experience. Your eye just doesn't see as many colors as you can bring out with just like a slight amount of editing. Yeah. So if that's, that's what you're going to see, Instagram colors, I mean, you probably will be disappointed, but it's so much more than that. Yeah, it, and I guess so. I guess what we're saying – Key to going having a successful visit up to Rainbow Mountain and the Red Mountain Valley are one, have realistic expectations, two, do your research as to the year time of the year you are visiting, and three, wear the appropriate clothes and shoes. Yeah. So, um, and uh, fourth, I would recommend go with Visit South America. We we're not getting paid by them. Um, we just really had a really great experience with them. Yep. So, anything else you want to add, Jared? No, I want to say that's it. Um, other than Google, there's there was a black dog that walked with us for a while, and I took a picture of him or her. I don't remember. Uh-huh. But Google always erroneously identifies it as BG, and it makes me <laughs> upset because I wish BG could have been there. As Aww. cool as that other dog was, I wish she'd been able to to go on that adventure with me. Maybe she was in spirit. Hopefully. Yeah. So, um, well, with all of this being said and our trip having happened a year ago, we hope we can go soon or another another time yep, in the definitely. future. Um, y'all make sure to follow us on our socials. We are on Instagram and on Facebook at Adventures with BG. Those are the letters B and G at the end. You can also visit our website, adventureswithbg.com. And as always, make sure you stay safe while you're wandering into the woods. <laughs>